Are you ready for Chicago Bears football? You are listening to the Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. Stop it. Hosted by Bull Bearded Beauties, Gal and Danny Boy. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears, Bear Dumb. Welcome to another edition of the Chicago Bears Bonanza Football Podcast. We have a lot to talk about, even though it is quiet right now in the city, in Chicago. Training camp is done. There's a little break in the action, but we definitely have some juicy things to talk about. Aaron Rodgers drama being the first topic. So, (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) little pride, baby. What do you think? This guy, man. I I have to say, you know, I'm I'm in the minority. I actually have always liked Aaron Rodgers because I think he's such an – authentic guy like he's a prick like i see all that i'm not thinking saying that he's a great dude or anything but and he but he kind of owns his prickness i guess he's cold-blooded and owns it yeah and like he doesn't (laughs) care what you think he doesn't care you know um he doesn't care about anybody's opinion at all like he's comfortable and confident in himself and i've always found that to be kind of interesting you know and and it's all about owning it. I, I will just say it is all about owning it. The fact is that he is not the leader on the team that, you know, gets guys after, come on guys, let's do this. You know, we're all in this together. He sometimes does this stick negative reinforcement. Like when you're not doing your job, he'll tell you you're not doing your fucking job. And, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is he, when you lead by example like that and you are on and you obviously put in the time, the effort, and you are just so damn good all the time, you could afford to be that way, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, if Jay was good, that's kind of what Aaron Rodgers is like. Though I think Jay had also, like, some really negative character traits as well, where I don't think – I think Rodgers doesn't have those quite as much. But listen, anyway, I think at the beginning of all of this, I thought this was just noise. I didn't think anything of it. Then I became kind of 50-50, and now I guess I'd be kind of surprised – if he did play, um, yeah. it's, it's just because I don't see what the Packers are doing in antagonizing this guy, you know, over and over and over again. Like, yeah, why well, would they it. do that? It's 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 very bizarre what they hope to get out of this. So you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna continue to antagonize the guy. Um, you know, forget the Jordan Love pick, but then continually um, at the end of the season you're not offering some big extension. You're kind of giving him the, if you don't like it, leave, but then you're not going to let him leave. So it really was disrespectful and it really does reflect poorly on the franchise. And it makes me like him a lot more in my hatred for the Packers. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was wronged. He was wronged. And what can they possibly now do to make things right? other than really begging, saying that you can make decisions about who we pick, we'll, we'll inform you. They already continue to screw him over and, you know, give him this glove in the face. So there's nothing they can do. It's so strange. I mean, because like the only thing they have to do is either say no comment or praise him. That's the only two things that they should be doing. But they're not doing that, right? They're kind of, you know, praising Jordan Love, which is a crazy thing altogether right but uh, and and then they're saying like yo he's complicated or he's tough to work with or they're leaking things to the media saying that uh sometimes he's not so good to the young guys but listen he's 38 years old he wants to win a championship he's not gonna take 
some young wide receiver under his wing and like, you know, dorm with him at training camp. Right. That's not, that's not what Aaron Rodgers is, is all about. Right. So I think this actually says, I, I think, and I've said this over and over and over again, the Packers are a bumbling fool of a franchise. They're, they're, they're the worst. Well, it's just like well had, we're, we're pretty bad. We're pretty bad sometimes as an organization, but I get your point. I don't, yeah, I don't, <laughs> listen, we, we've been pretty bad, but at least, you know, like we, we went to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman, right? Yeah. <laughs> we but, were 500 last year somehow. Yes. We were 500 last, we were 500 the year before when the, we, when the offensive line just completely yeah. disintegrated in front of our eyes. <laughs> yeah. and, you could have been out there QBing Daniels. and it would have been the same result. We would, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Chase Daniels is involved in, in starting your games in London, and then and then then you know Mitch Trubisky with a bad shoulder. Mitch Trubisky with two shoulders is not great, but Mitch Trubisky with one shoulder and a, a, a non-existent offensive line, uh, we're still eight and eight, right? So true. it's not like we're it, we're terrible, right? It, it it is it is pretty wild, and I I don't know what the end game is for them. So I mean, if they were That's really the if they were doing the calculus of you know what? We we do believe in this defense we built. We have these position players. We have, you know, Aaron Jones, one of the best in right now, one of the best running backs in the league, perhaps. Uh, uh, Devonta Adams, if not the best wide receiver in the league. So we could package Rodgers. If he doesn't like it, get all these draft picks, go with our young buck, and, you know, we'll see what happens. At least if they were going to do that, I wouldn't think that was necessarily a good idea. You never get rid of a Hall of Famer like that. But at least if that was your calculus, looking for the future, I'd understand it. But this just makes no sense. I mean, the Jordan Love pick still makes no sense. It's just none of it makes any sense. Well, yeah, let, let's just unpack that, right? So the, the, the Jordan Love pick made no sense at all. Like the Aaron Rodgers pick like 15 years ago made sense because he was a guy who was a consensus number two quarterback and he fell. So they, they grabbed him. Jordan Love, the best case scenario there was that he was kind of rated as like the fifth best quarterback in that class. And, then, and they traded up to get him. Uh, and so that doesn't make any sense at all. This is a guy who's thrown like 19 picks in his, the last two years in college against really bad competition, really toolsy guy, very similar to Mitch in some ways, right? Where you have to do a little squinting because the, some of the tools are there, but maybe some of the talent needs to be developed. You know, but when and you're you doing it in a year that they're they're a Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I and mean, that's, every, another, that's the other strange thing. I mean, <laughs> like, it was obviously good for us Bears fans. We all rejoiced, but yeah, it absolutely made no sense. Why? I mean, okay, you're going to get a, get a defensive player. Don't get a weapon for Rodgers, but you're going to get this this quarterback when you don't need quarterback for years. It's not like Rodgers is, was 39 at that point. It, it just made absolutely no sense, and so. You, you screwed over the city. You screwed over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you've humiliated him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the, that, that Packers team when Rodgers was drafted. That, that team was old and over the hill, and Brett Favre was just kind of keeping them around. This team is ready to roll for the next two, three years. Why draft the quarterback now? <laughs> Here's a funny stat for you, Danny. Uh, you know, I know no, you love my stats. I right? do, indeed. Uh, in the last 10 years, the Packers have only drafted one offensive player, and that one offensive player was Jordan Love. You know, it's just and, – and you wonder why this guy's a little peeved, right? Because you're not giving him any help. You're spending all this time and energy on defense, which you still don't – they still have not had in those 10 years 
a top 10 defense against DVOA, even though they've spent all this money there. So I, I totally understand where he's coming from, right? And let's not remember, they had Mike McCarthy as their head coach, who's just another kind of clownish guy, right? So, you know, I, I totally get where he's coming from uh, on these things. And then if you were going to do – if you drafted Jordan Love, fine, you get him. This is the year you have to trade Aaron Rodgers. You have to trade him because it's the economics of the situation force your hand into it. And the fact that they're not doing it, tells me that they're not very confident about Jordan Love. Because if they thought Jordan Love, let's say if they thought Jordan Love was Mitchell Trubisky, okay, like the what we thought Mitchell Trubisky could be in 2018, Aaron Rodgers would be, would be out of here. He would be gone. He'd already be gone. They, I think there's some real concern over there that's like, oh, man, this guy might not. <laughs> this might be really embarrassing. And we might be looking at Blake Bortles because he's the other quarterback. Oh, my God. I mean, the uh, fans. On the roster. <laughs> so fans. this is not going to work out, you know. Brutal. No, it's brutal. I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm offended shirt. He's making it very clear. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. Everything, yeah. he's, everything he says, I mean, the fact that he's holding out in camp and everything he says, and he makes very clear, it's just there's nothing that you guys can do to make this right because you've already bumbled it time and time again. I want out and I'm not playing. I, I, I just can't imagine a scenario where it just all just works out and everybody kisses and makes up, right? It's, there's, there's only no... one, yeah, there's only one thing that I see that makes sense. And that's if he, and I, I can't remember the, the analyst on ESPN who said this, but I thought it was, it was a good idea. Basically, the Packers give him a one year, $45 million contract, and then he's free after that. Um, because, you know, you could talk him into staying for one more year if there's a clear exit and then he can go wherever he wants to go. Sure. Uh, but I think, you know, we might even be past the point of that because if you let Aaron Rodgers go, are you going to really, because Devonte Adams wants Deandre Hopkins money, which is about $28 million a year. If you don't have a franchise quarterback throwing to a $28 million receiver, what, you know, how, how sensible is this? And then you have Dave Bakhtiari who's making 25 million. Who's, the best left tackle in football. But again, if you don't have the quarterback, who are these guys then? You know, if, if you don't have the quarterback, if, if Bakhtiari is not protecting Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, do you need $30 million investment to protect Jordan Love? Is like, is, does this make sense? Well, so I think, go ahead. Packers wouldn't try to, at the end of the season, so with the $45 million, then they wouldn't try to get a bunch of first round picks for him. No, so that's I think that's the that's one solution, right? That that might exist. They should trade him. I mean that that's that, that's what they should do. But uh, as we're seeing so far, they haven't figured that out yet, right? Uh, no, <laughs> that means it's, this it's is a hard thing. Okay, well, fine. I, I think but they it, can't it let him walk. That, well, I think it means if if they thought, like I said, if if they thought that this is you know before 2018, Mitch, right? So before Nagy gets here, if they thought that that's what. Jordan Love could be. Aaron Rodgers would not be on this team anymore. He'd be in Denver, and yep. that would be that, right? But they, there's clearly some doubt within that organization on if Jordan Love is the answer. And they just cannot stand the embarrassment of – because if Aaron Rodgers, let's say, goes to Broncos, the Broncos are going to be really, really good. You know, that, that's a, one of those few teams that's like a quarterback away. They have everything. They have a great line. They have a great running game. They have great receivers. Hey, Vic Fangio is. They did it. They did it before. 
They did it before yeah. with Peyton Manning. I mean, exactly. they had a good defense, and they brought in the QB to not even play his best ball, but they got him a Super Bowl. What a, what a division that would be. You have Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers all in the same division. My God. Uh, yeah. Should we switch topics then? So, uh, yeah, by let's... the way, how, how much how, – how, what, what is the percentage chance you think Aaron Rodgers is going to stay? And then we'll, we'll move on. I was like you were until he's gone. There's no way I could rule him just still playing for the Packers and dominating us, right? But, <laughs> you know, the more as time goes on and camp goes on, and again, I cannot imagine any scenario where they're able to fix things minus some, I don't know, minus some miracle. I'd say 20% chance tops he's a Packer. Yeah, I'm about the same. Somewhere around there is what I think as well. It just so that's still decent odds. Too far. That's decent odds, but the thing is, yeah, it's gone too far. So, I mean, it's looking like he's out the door. But again, what? And then we'll wrap this up. I don't know what the scenario would be. Where you would just sit him for the year, and then you would try to trade him before the draft of next year. That would it be makes, the yeah. scenario. And that doesn't make sense, right? I mean, so that it, it, that's why you get you. So basically, we're in the same boat. I think there's like an 80, 80 percent chance he's gone. Uh, because that's just, it just makes too much sense at this point. Yep. Okay, so we'll talk about we'll talk about Bears. Let's do this. Enough with this uh, ugly green and yellow team. Can't even be bothered anymore. Um, let's talk about the stadium. This is juicy. Ooh. Really, I just got to say, as somebody who just you know dips into Twitter here and there, I know you get into it a lot more and you see a little bit more than me. But every conversation on Twitter. Whether it's politics, bears, quarterbacks, somehow it has to be this side or this side. Everybody has to find a side. And when we were talking about whether the bears are going to be in Arlington Heights or they're going to stay in Chicago, you presented something very interesting that it doesn't have to be so binary. There could be a solution that's somewhere in the middle. So I want to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, by the way, every conversation is now a vehicle for your political and religious beliefs, right? <laughs> so crazy. that's just the crazy. way America works now. But uh, yeah, so I think the so I did get uh, a little annoyed, I guess, on Twitter, surprise, surprise, oh. um, in the fact that it was this, this, the two options being presented. It's like you stay in Soldier Field and you eat it or you move to Arlington Heights, which is about 40 miles outside of Chicago. It's an hour and a half away. It's about another hour from the western suburbs. Well, most of the money is right in the Chicagoland area. It's kind of in the northern part of the city, you know, Lincoln Park, Lakeview, and the western suburbs, you know, like Oak Brook, Naperville, Western Springs, Hinsdale, this, these types of areas, right? So it's it's far. It's not uh, it's not around the corner <laughs> from 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 people. But there's listen, there's some real advantages. In moving out there, the Bears right now lease their stadium. They're the only team in the league. The Park District owns Soldier Field. The Bears don't get a dime of revenue from Soldier Field. That situation, it's it's whatever, wherever you think that the Bears should go, everybody should agree that the current situation in Soldier Field, yeah, un- untenable. untenable. Yeah. It goes to nineteen. Or it goes to twenty thirty three. Right, that's when the lease is yes. up. So yeah. that's still up decade and a half of really being in a terrible situation, a small stadium, you can't host events, obviously in the heart of, not in the heart of the downtown, but in iconic part of the city. 
that is beautiful when you see the skyline from the broadcast. It is absolutely epic. The experience is amazing. But then, yes, you can't host Super Bowls. You can't uh, entertain guests. You can't make money from all these facilities that you could have. So right now, I really do like the idea of, wow, yeah, a state-of-the-art facility uh, where you could have blocks and blocks of bars and restaurants would be absolutely amazing. But then you lose the allure of the city, the gorgeous city of Chicago. But then you said that there is perhaps another possibility that nobody's talking about. Yeah, so the, the, the other possibility is Amazon, the, the Amazon HQ2 site. Of Actually, there's five of those, right? But the one that I think is the most interesting is an area called Lincoln Yards. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Danny, because you've been, you've been, you're too worldly for Chicago uh, nowadays, so you, you might not know the specific neighborhoods. But Lincoln Yards is basically un- unoccupied land that is north of the Cermak Red Line, which is what kind of Chinatown is, and south of the South Loop. It's actually not too far. It's maybe a 10-minute walk from where the current stadium is. Big difference, though, is that it's in the city. Soldier Field right now is outside of the city. You have to walk like a mile Oh yeah, through like Grant Park and then through the park to the museum campus. My, to get my to mom the is done. My mom is done going to the games. You know, my my stepfather and her have like five. You know, their whole family has some season tickets. They take about five games a year. My mom's done. She's just tired of walking. She's tired of doing it's a long that walk. walk. Yeah, it's a long walk. You know, and it's 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 too long of a walk. But so the, the, the crux of the deal here is that this is 28 months ago. And listen, we don't want to get too much into politics, but there's no way you can have this conversation without talking about some Chicago local politics. So, um, but essentially when Rahm Emanuel was the mayor and before Pritzker became a governor, which is about 28 months ago, I guess, uh, they offered two and a half billion dollars to Amazon in terms of tax incentives to come to move to Chicago. And they offered them their choice of one of these five plots of land. Now, the most interesting one is Lincoln Yards, which is essentially 15 city blocks. So just just to kind of uh, just to kind of put that into reference, because 15 city blocks sounds like it's a very abstract thing. Wrigleyville. Okay, Wrigleyville is really about two city blocks, and the stadium itself is one. So it's like three total. Okay, this is 15 city blocks. Whoa. Now, the Arlington Heights deal is about 326 acres, which is also about the, well, that's about, it's, it's about 30 city blocks, but it's, our, it's also Arlington Heights, right? It's, it's a, a land is significantly cheaper. Now, the Bears, we have teased the Bears relentlessly on this show in terms of their front office and, and Ted Phillips. They're dumb, but they're not that stupid. They see a deal like that and they're like, well, why can't we get a deal like this, you know, uh, in the city? If you're going to give Amazon all of this, because that's billions. I mean, the land is free. The land is, itself is worth billions. Why can't we get even, we don't need 15 city blocks. Why can't you give us five for free? And then we'll build a stadium with our partners or whatever, right? And then we can talk about subsidies for that. I think that's where this thing is, is going. Um, or that's, it's, it's definitely in the basket, you know, if that doesn't get worked out. I think either way, this Arlington situation is a good thing for the Bears to try and buy because I do also think the Bears are going to try and sell. But l- listen, I don't want to get too wow. t- topic here, but it's, to me, like the, that option makes the most sense. You know, because when you talk to people on Twitter, 
they'll say, oh, you don't understand the Bears can make an entertainment complex. My first question is, well, what is an entertainment complex? And they're like, oh, it's like an indoor facility with a lot of restaurants and bars. And then there's a lot of shops there too. And it's, it's all indoor massive facilities. So it's like, oh, so I'm like, oh, it's like a mall then. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's just like a mall. It's like, well, are those doing well in the suburbs? Because last I checked, they're, they're all kind of closing down. They're like, no, 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 but you don't get it. It's like, all right. I don't think anyone, you know, I think, the, I think conceptually when people hear state-of-the-art stadium in Arlington, they go, oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. But then, like, it's Arlington. Are you going to go? Like, when, the, when there's nothing happening, it's not like SoFi Stadium, which is, like, right off, it's not too far from the beach. It's in the center of their kind of entertainment complex. Like, how many hotels are you going to build out there? And how, well, how occupied do you think these things well, are going to be when the Bears aren't playing? So, like, people, it, you know, culturally, it became like this city versus suburbs kind of culture wars topic, which, you know, is, is, is ridiculous. But, you, you know, like, it's, yes, it's a lot of land in Arlington, but how much can you actually build there, you know, outside the stadium? And yep. how much is this going to cost as well, right? The Bears are not rich. Yep. And by the way, I just want to say, also in Arlington, then you got to figure out, so everybody has to drive there. Is there public transportation that can get you there? Are there going to be a lot of drunk people getting in their cars? It just kind of seems like a bit of a head scratcher. So do you think that right now the Bears are just posturing themselves with uh, looking at this Arlington deal as a way to get leverage? Because by, by getting this leverage, it makes the city have to maybe sweat a little bit and say, hey, listen, maybe we will, you know, help you uh, uh, renovate or we will uh, give more benefits. And where does Lori Lightfoot fit into all this? Because her comments were definitely a bit out of control. You know, OK, you want to play your side, but definitely didn't have to rip on the team sucking. So facts first, okay? So the Bears have a, a lease at Soldier Field, takes them to 2033. The lease, and I was shocked by this, is only $8 million a year. You know, so if they want to get out of that lease, they just pay, pay, pay the money and leave. You know, $8 million isn't isn't a lot of money. So that shouldn't prevent them from leaving and going. Lori Lightfoot is a big actor here, though, because she, I mean, now she, I think, Last time I checked, which was just a few weeks ago, her approval rating in Chicago is 12. Oh, so man. it's not like she's going to be around too much longer, I think. Um, and there was like this kind of big scuffle. There was actually a physical altercation on the city council floor yesterday, which I oh, think wow. was <laughs> just amazing. The pure hatred people have for, for Lori Lightfoot. I mean, what a fall from great. I, I mean, I guess she kind of came in on a fortuitous circumstance anyway but either way a lot of this is i think the bears sending a message i think either way let's say if they buy that 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 piece of land in arlington and choose to develop something on it or not it's still a good real estate move just from a business perspective to buy it and when you buy it then you can actually really get the leverage because let's say the bears want to make a hotel right that's part of the deal give us one city block for the stadium like we, like we went to that beautiful stadium in Tottenham, right, in London. That's one yep. city block, right? Uh, give us one city block and then give us four other blocks for us to make hotels, restaurants, all this other kind of stuff, fan experience things, you know, and, and give us that land. So four, four blocks. That is worth way, way more than anything in Arlington Heights. 
Okay, uh, because yeah. all those things will get channelized to those hotels, to those restaurants, and it's not just on game day; it's every day, you know. So it's oh, yeah. so much more valuable. And then, like, whenever there's a conference in Chicago at McCormick Place or whatever, people will go to that hotel and those restaurants, right? So that's much. It's just a much more attractive thing. And we've parish. seen new neighborhoods sprout up. So we've seen it happen Absolutely. in Chicago where it was just kind of like a factory area where you used to live by our DePaul campus uh, off yeah. of North Avenue. It was just a series of factories back there. And now the place where it was like ghetto is held a gas station. That's an Apple store. Now it's residential and it's amazing. It's a new neighborhood, restaurants, bars. So we've seen neighborhoods sprout out, pop up and become quite successful. Yeah. And like that, it's literally it's not a it's not a metaphor. That's literally an Apple store now, right? That's that that <laughs> yes. gas station is yep. actually an Apple store, right? <laughs> yep. uh, so it's yeah, you see this at like where I live right now, Wicker Park. I mean, fifteen years ago was this was gangland, right? Now it's million two million dollar houses and million dollar condos. Right. So it's it happens and it happens quite quickly, right? So yeah. if the Bears can get that land, and especially now with their kind of uh now that sports book uh betting is legal. Right. It's legal in the city of Chicago. You know, you can do something there on the river. You can do something in that neighborhood with a, a, a kind of controlled casino. So a casino in Chicago or a casino in Arlington Heights, which one do you want? Yep. Like, which one is more valuable to you? Right. So it's not just even if it's smaller in Chicago, it's there all the time. Every yep. day it's there in the middle of a place that has four million people within five miles <laughs> of that place and it's a tourist attraction right the city brings in something like 50 million tourists a year guess what they're going to go to that casino they're not going to go drive 90 minutes to arlington heights i know if that's the case they might do well all go to that elgin. Stuff. it's like going to elgin for that casino it's like why are you gonna go all the way to elgin yeah and like it's like if the bears no are not playing yeah no offense to elgin but if the bears are not playing there's other like shady casinos that you can go to like on the river and on the on the on the lake right so why so to me it's it's arlington heights is being used as leverage if they can't absolutely get anything done with the next administration because i think the Lori lightfoot thing listen you know she's not going to be around how serious of a negotiation do you want to have with her yeah exactly you know but you want to make your position be felt forcefully today you know you want to create as much leverage as you can today whether you're going to sell the team or not, it's still smart to buy Arlington Heights. It's still smart to get into bed with all the casinos, you know, but you really, let's, let's not lose the, the cities aren't dying. They're not like a hellscape. Five city blocks in Chicago is worth way more than, you know, 20 square miles in Plainfield or wherever, or, or <laughs> Arlington Heights. You know, that's just, that, that's just the reality of the situation i know no offense to people in plainfield or, or arlington heights it's just that's that's what it is and then you of course you talk about wealth and where people who are actually going to go to these games and these tickets are like 300 400 a pop where do they live you know um how are they going to get to the stadium right yeah, so it's a, and, you know it's all these different things so and i think that i think also culturally the bears want to stay in the city there's something dynamic when you see that stadium with the yeah. skyline on tv Amen. i think they do i think the mccaskies do understand that kind of perception that you get like nobody cares that the fact that the dallas stadium is uh, <laughs> coincidentally also in a place called arlington um yeah. or that the fact that new york teams aren't really playing in new york 
Yeah, well, New York, I mean, yeah, but New York, it's like, where are you going to build that? Like, seriously, yeah, no, there's sure. nowhere to You're not going to build it in the heart of Manhattan. That. Exactly. And that would be like, that would be like a $10 billion stadium, right? It, it would be ridiculous. It's yeah. The economics of it don't work no, out. For there's sure. land in Chicago. Yeah. And there's exactly. lots of land, there's right? There's, upper, there's possibilities. So I would love to see that. So I, I really like this idea, and I hope that this is what this positioning with Arlington is all about. It's really about this other move. And I guess we will see over the course of time. The irony is that whatever does happen, um, even if a new stadium is going to be built, I mean, it's not going to happen this decade. It will happen in 2030 plus. So by yeah. then, you know, Justin Fields will already have several, you know, Super Bowl rings under his belt and he might not even be the quarterback anymore. Right, because he'll be retired because he has so many rings. So nah, he'll be the president. He'll be the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I do want to say that just really quick, Justin Fields, and we'll we'll pivot to the Bears because obviously let's get into some uh, meaty Bears talk. But oh, speaking of meaty, pun intended, the fact is Chicago is such like a meat eating city. Like let's have some brats, let's have some steaks, and Justin Fields being uh, a vegan is very interesting because should he really dominate in this position, perhaps win us a Super Bowl one of these years? Can you imagine it just inspires a bunch of unhealthy Chicago beer-drinking, meat-eating folks to have a more vegan lifestyle? (laughs) You know, this evening, I'm going to go watch the NBA game at a place called Bangers and Lace. And what they're known for is beer and sausages. So... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so maybe not it's a, it's a tough sell but i think it's great i mean i th- i think it's great personally, yeah. i think as as i get older i eat less meat and i feel Same. better when i Same. the days I, I don't eat as much meat Absolutely. Uh, i think i think it's fantastic i think there's a lot of in a weird way i think this was one of the things that made his draft stock fall where you know you have these kind of conservative um scouts who are like oh he's a he doesn't eat meat like how is this gonna work you know and like you know you have you know a lot of kind of weird ideas around stuff like that. And I'm glad I think, you know, listen, he's 230 pounds, pure muscle. Yeah, so whatever he's exactly. eating, <laughs> yes. he's, he continue eating that, Justin. Uh, yeah. Justin, do you, know, you totally... yeah, be you, be you, eat, eat vegan. That ass, that ass, nobody's taking that ass down. <laughs> <laughs> Well-shaped, well-formed. D- definitely, know? definitely. No, by the way, yeah. his thighs, his thighs are about the size of my waistline. I was going to say that picture that he had where it's like it's straight. I think I sent it to you, right? It's, it's just straight on. His thighs look, I mean, they're like disturbingly large. It's they're funny. Huge. We're all so in love. We're all so in love. We all gush about it. Finally, when he released, the, the team released all the jersey photos, people in uniform, him in this uniform. Oh, it's finally the real thing. No Photoshop bears jersey over Justin Fields. Everybody swooned. It's so he, ridiculous. Yeah, he looked like he was bursting out of that I just love uniform this. as well. I, see, you know? I just love this story. I love the fact that, you know, fans at Wrigley so thrilled that Justin Fields is on our team. I love how this story is beginning because the Mitch story, there was something off. Everybody was like upset when he was first drafted. He went to the Bulls game. People were booing. Something was off. We, we traded up. So we had these expectations or we didn't. This is perfect. The fact that he fell. The fact that yeah. he might be the, the one of the best in he might be the number two, he might be the one B to Trevor Lawrence's one A and he fell to us. So it's like shaping up to be such a beautiful story. And what do we think about these bears? I mean, we have a lot of question marks going into this season, but um yeah, listen, the fact that we were five hundred last year with a defense that struggled uh, many a times and the offense was non existent. 
anything is really possible with this season. I mean, again, a lot of question marks. What are some of the things that you're worried about right now? That you look at the team, you're like, oh, big hole here, big question mark here. Yeah, how do you feel right now about the team? So my big kind of concern is with Eddie Goldman. Um, so we don't know what's going on with Eddie. Uh, you know, didn't obviously come. He's the only guy who didn't report to mandatory minicamp. Uh, A-Rob was there, even though his contract situation is a bit dicey. He's not getting, not on the best of terms, but I think he's a pro. You know, he wants to work with Fields and Dalton to get his game on, so great. But, yeah, Goldman doesn't turn up. Of course, he didn't play last year because he opted out of the, the year. A lot of rumors about, like, his love of the game. You know, does he want to play? Um, you know, how much, you know, because he's, he's sitting on something like $20 million. So if he doesn't want to play again, he doesn't necessarily have to. Um, so really strange that he didn't that he didn't uh, to come uh, didn't come. I think that the thing that really worried people was you know Danny Trevathan is is his best friend on the team, and they asked Danny where he's at. He's like you know I don't I'm not really quite sure. I thought he'd be here. Uh, oh, and I think that's when people started getting like really kind of concerned. Like oh wow, where is this guy then? You know because if he's not there, we have we have problems on that defensive line. You yeah, know? well it showed um, last year. It showed big time last year. Yeah, and because now you're asking Danny Trevathan to do too much, and you're asking even a guy like Roquan Smith, who, who I love, you know, he's a smaller guy. Like you're going to ask him to take on probably too much. Roquan Smith is at his best in pass coverage. Yep. Or, we, you know, we saw this years ahead. ago in the Brett Coleman video when Brett Coleman says, listen, if there's somebody who will plug up the middle successfully, it allows Roquan to be Roquan. But Roquan being the size he is, if not, you know, People will be running through Roquan and he'll be dragged, you know. Yeah, he, and, this, and we saw we saw that happen last year, right? Yeah. Uh, and I love Roquan. I think he's going to be great. He's going to be the highest paid inside linebacker in football. Good for him. Deserves it. But you know, size is size, right? Size physics is, size, is yeah. physics, yeah. <laughs> right? Like yeah. if there's a 240 pound guy running at you, and you're 230 at a standstill, you're not going to win that, generally yep. speaking, right? No, so that's it. That's it. Um, we do have some so yeah, depth. We do have some depth at the position, but again, um, Pennell, Pennell isn't yeah. necessarily, that's not his major role either. He's like no. a Blau Nichols playing that position. So, yeah, you know, we I'm don't have a true nose. Pieces, but yeah, we don't have a true nose. Yeah. yeah, we do have a lot of good players on the defensive line, but not a nose tackle. And that's kind of important in a 3 4 scheme, right? Where you need that one guy, and they're not easy. To find, I mean, that's why Eddie Goldman's making twelve million dollars a year, you know, um, because those guys are not common, right? So, because it's because you need to be massive, okay, but ma- but athletic at the same time. There's just not a lot of people who are three hundred and forty pounds and who can function athletically, you know. So, it's it's just really difficult to find these types of dudes. And, you know, I, I like Bilal Nichols, but he was not a good nose tackle last year. He's too small, way too small. I mean, he's yeah. 300 pounds, but that's too small for a too nose small. tackle. <laughs> that's three, six, one, 300 pounds. It's, you know, but that's, that's too small for, for a nose tackle. So it's tough. It's not going to be easy for them. I think that's the thing that really concerns me. I think I, I'm, I'm more and more concerned with the defense than I am with the offense. I think the offense – the other kind of secret story here is that Andy Dalton has looked great in, in camp. He's looked fantastic, apparently, you know, and you can tell there's a difference, I think. I don't know how closely you're following these reports, but, you know, when we, whether it was Mitch or Foles, there was a lot of checkdowns, short passes, 
But with Dalton and Fields, these guys are just like chucking the pills yes. down the field. You know, um, and that's what everybody keeps saying. It's just like the two surprises are, wow, Andy Dalton's much better than we thought he was, than he showed in, in Dallas last year. And the other guy, and this is, I don't know how much you've heard of this guy, but I've been touting him as soon as we drafted him, was Khalil Herbert. And he's like fast as like lightning, which is what, yeah. what I've said. Like, I think at the end of the year, this guy's going to be eating carries from David Montgomery and no one's going to feel bad about it. Dude, that's he's amazing. He's a home run hitter, this that, guy. That's, um, yeah, I, that's amazing. You know what? The Bears surprisingly might be pretty healthy at these different position groups on the offense. When I also think of the wide receiver room, it's not bad. Marquise Goodwin, he had a great season with San Fran. He, he dropped off, I think, because of injuries. But that's that's a hell of a pickup. As a, that's a hell of a stab just to see. And um, what is his name? Dem- Demarius, I'm not a bird. Bird, uh, yeah, Demarius Bird. No, I like Bird. Also, so much upside, and really to play on that Patriots team last year, that their offense was lousy. So you might have, and you know, that the fact that it's fostering competition, and really there's a fire lit under uh, Anthony Miller's ass because he should have been perhaps gone in the offseason. Maybe they couldn't find a trading partner. So he has everything to prove, and maybe he just needs new leadership, and maybe you need a guy just like Justin Fields and a veteran who you know has gotten it done enough like Dalton. So he has everything to prove, and I think he might actually surprise. So really, running backs, the depth we have at running back, feeling great about, wide receiver room. Um, you know, got to see what Cole Komet could bring in the second year. But, you know, the offense actually might surprise us positively. And, yeah, as you said, the defense, if that line doesn't hold, well, then, you know, it's just going to be a continuing downcline for that defense. Yeah, yeah because you have, you know, like – Fair, fair enough. We don't have a defined wide receiver number three, but we have like four guys, I think, that could be that wide receiver number three. And I think we're going we're gonna to run a lot of two running back sets, and we have four good ones, I think, on this team between Williams, Cohen, Montgomery, and Herbert. I mean, those are four starting caliber NFL running backs. And then you mentioned his name, Cole Komet. I think this guy takes a big step forward. I think by He's the, the end one of people this- have been talking about in camp. He's the one that stood out. Yeah, I think by the end of the season, you know, if you watch in the pandemic, I rewatched all the Bears game, all 22. You watch him in the first few games. I mean, he wasn't even playing that much. He was only playing like four or five snaps. So it only takes like 10 seconds to watch all his tape for the first four games of the season. But you compare that to the end where he's the starter. He's getting 80% of the snaps. You know, he's, he's, you know, taking Jimmy Graham's pretty much all of his snaps. And he's just so much of a better player than he was at the beginning. And if he makes a similar jump, then I can see him being a top 10 tight end in, in football. Maybe not top five. I don't think he's ever going to grow into that range. But I do think he's going to be, you know, you're kind of Mark Andrews, Kyle Rudolph, that I'll kind of caliber of guy. And or Zach Miller, you know, that kind of dude, that's definitely in the cards for him. And he's a great blocker already. You know, the Bears had so much success running the football to his side because he's a great blocker. He already knows how to do that. If you can level in some some kind of pass concepts, some simple routes, because there's some stuff left to be desired on his route running. But if he can clean that up, and it, it takes tight ends two, three years to do that, it's totally normal, totally accept, expected. If he just continues on that grind, man, man, we got something on offense with Justin Fields, I think. Folks. I think there's something happening there. 
Folks, if you can believe it, uh, we're out of time, but look how positive we are. We are so excited about the Bears, and you're not used to that because we were down at the end of the year. So things are going well. There's a lot of things to be excited about. Obviously, Justin Fields is at the top of all this, giving us hope. And the season, for me, can't come soon enough. So we're definitely going to be doing some summer uh, podcast sessions. We're going to be getting into some in the weeds of some things. Samir's going to break things down with his nice statistics. We're going to do it all. Yeah. Just want to plug one thing, though. Later in the week, we'll just uh, upload. Uh, I had an interview with our friend Chikawan, who's an Ohio State fan, and he's kind of, you know, he's just kind of morphed into a pile of love goo uh, because his uh, his high school team is, or not his high school team, his college team is is drafted. Uh, or sorry, what am I saying? His professional team has drafted his college team's quarterback, so he's he's super amped. So we'll he's talk over about that. Yes, yeah. can't wait to listen to that. <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. Awesome. All right, folks, we'll have a great week. Bear down. Bear down. We'll never forget the way you thrill the nation with your T-formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois. Chicago Bears, bear down. The Bears. This is my Bears, people.